You're listening to the Confessions of a Hashtag Beauty Boss podcast. I'm your host, Angela Sanchez, beauty business mentor and founder of Beauty Business Co. I want you to believe that you can achieve anything if you set your mind to it. I'll be interviewing leading beauty industry professionals and discovering exactly what drove them to becoming the hashtag beauty boss they are today. Are you ready to be inspired? And welcome to my virtual beauty lounge. I'm so, so excited because this is the very first episode of a dream come true. My name is Angela Sanchez, your beauty business mentor and founder of Beauty Business Co. Today, I'm going to kick off the confessions of a hashtag beauty boss podcast with a bit about who we are. 2018 has literally started off with fireworks for me. At the beginning of the year, I launched Beauty Business Co. with the vision to create an online platform that will equip beauty industry professionals with tools and resources so that they can be time productive and less stressed along their journey of becoming an industry-leading hashtag beauty boss. I have so much drive around making this passion project a success because I literally get asked weekly to help someone in the industry with business tips, Facebook posts, promotions, and general info on how I've created my beauty business and do what I do so well. The truth is, I don't know it all, and I wanted to create an online hub, the go-to place for anyone in the industry to refer to when it comes to building their business. I want to bring you experts in specific fields that will give you exclusive insights into the burning questions that we all have pop into our heads and have no idea how to figure out, or it takes a long time and effort to find that perfect person that can help you. So think of Beauty Business Co. as a time-saving resource center that you can refer back to when you're going through something specific within your business. I'm all about community building over competition. And my mission will be to get you to stay focused and inspired on your own path and not comparing yourself to anyone else. This podcast has been inspired by my recent obsession with listening to my own favorite podcasts while driving and folding the washing. Then my light bulb moment came that it would be so amazing to interview already successful beauty business owners to inspire my listeners that they can achieve anything if they set their mind to it. So let me dive in and tell you a little bit about my journey to becoming a hashtag beauty boss. It never actually occurred to me until recently when I was doing some self-discovery that I've had the entrepreneurial sugar running through my body since I was a little girl. I was born in Scotland and moved to Australia when I was three. Fortunately, my dad scored a job at Qantas and we were able to get back home and visit frequently. My grandmother owned a fish and chip shop, and while my sister would go out and make friends, I'd always go with my grand to work. I was five or six, so I was able to clean the salt and vinegar bottles and take away the morning teacups as soon as the old ladies left their tables. They would always leave a tip under their saucer, and my grand would let me keep it, and it gave me the sense of responsibility that I had to be the best at my job so that she would think I'd be worthy of getting paid. My uncle used to call me a Scrooge because I used to save all the money and never spent it. 
However, there was something about knowing my pound would turn into double the Australian dollars when I got back home, and it excited me. I came back one year and my mum and I went to the markets. I bought a grass head with my currency exchanged millions. This was the early 90s. Do you remember those potato-shaped dirt-filled stockings that you'd put a face on and the grass would grow on top like hair? Well, I was amazed and decided I would make my own. Not only did I make my own, I thought they were fabulous. I thought that everyone else would think they were fabulous too. So I set up a line of them on my parents' letterbox and put a for sale sign, $3. No one bought any. (laughs) And I still to this day believe it's because my parents lived in a cul-de-sac with no passing traffic, which brings me to another one of my personality traits of always looking on the positive side of life. Back then, there was no one to tell me how I should tweak my sales tactic or try selling on eBay or set up a Facebook page. However, it didn't weaken my ability to believe in myself. I went through my normal childhood years like all the other kids, but every so often a creative spark would flash before me with opportunity, including when I started making a living from styling girls' singlets with ribbon, lace and buttons to make them more unique and sold them to my friends. Then to researching the finest vintage fabrics I could get my hands on to staple them onto canvases. I went to the markets and paid $60 for my stall. I didn't sell a single canvas. I thought they were stunning. I came home so frustrated that no one could see the beauty in my work. I was determined and one day drove into New Farm in Brisbane. I stopped outside one of the most glamorous boutiques and I took my most prized fabric canvas collection with me and asked if the lady at the desk was the owner. She was, and she offered me $200 on the spot for two of my pieces. With an exchange $200 check in my hand, I literally got back in the car and I screamed with joy. And of course, I did a little rap dance. Oh yeah, you did it. You're awesome. (laughs) So then in year 12, I had to put down where I wanted to go and work experience. I wrote fashion designer. There was no doubt in my mind that I didn't have the best relationship with the sewing machine. But I could just see those gorgeous lace created singlets all over Supray and it was my destiny. Well, my school didn't send me to be Sass and Bide's apprentice. I ended up at beauty college. I had never been exposed to even having my eyebrows done. And with no idea what to expect, I pulled out my very own design, sewn black blazer and pencil skirt and put my lip smackers on and off I went to Bellevue Beauty College. The week consisted of sitting in a classroom, learning the anatomy of the body and what a hair follicle looked like, which somehow tied into the way you had to massage the body for lymphatic drainage and waxing the hair off a certain way. I was completely and utterly fascinated. The girls were flawless with their hair in bun, makeup and lipstick on, with a gorgeous uniform, with stockings and heels. That was it. I had thrown fashion design out the window and I was going to become a beauty therapist. I had set my mind on that college. I didn't even look at any others. It's amazing what a first impression can do, hey? I had the rest of the year to finish year 12 and that year I did a business plan at school. I asked Trent, the guy at my table, what should I call my business? And he said, butorium, 
with a raised eyebrow showing I wasn't totally against it. He then went on to say, you know, like how a fish live in aquariums, you will have a place where beauty lives. And it just stuck with me. And that's what I called my business. I loved beauty college. I knew it was exactly where I needed to be. I was one of the best in my class. I won Beauty Therapist of the Year Award, Salesperson of the Year Award, and Makeup Artist Runner-Up. I had no idea about the insights of a positive mindset and visualization back then, but I started to realize that if I set my mind to something and believed in myself, I could achieve anything. My first job was at an upmarket hair and beauty salon. Great experience to get me into the industry. But it was six months later, I received a call from the owner of the college I went to offering me a job. It was to manage the salon that was attached to the college. And I basically had the task to build the clientele from zero. And it was quite a challenge, but I was left to my own devices to prove I could make it happen. I grew it to become profitable and loved being a part of the college, helping the students, which led me into teaching some of the short courses and administration in my downtime. I would always look for an opportunity to feel like I was serving, to deliver value to my employer. The business changed hands twice while I was there, and at that point, I started searching for something more. My boyfriend at the time came home and said he wanted to go to the Air Force and hoped I'd move with him to live close to the base in New South Wales. I always said I would never deny someone of their dreams, but if he got his dream, I would go for mine. I'd held off going to the cruise ship since the presentation of working on the luxury liner spas. I still remember the presenter Janine's shoes and aspired to be as well put together as her as she spoke so passionately about this opportunity we had to travel the world and get paid while working in a world-class spa. So my boyfriend and I decided to make the long-distance thing work. It didn't last for long. I set off to London, arriving at the finest training facility where I would call home for two weeks to learn the ship life, spa protocols, and earn my place as one of Steiner's employees. It was my first real insight at to what independence felt like. I'd travelled a lot, but with my parents, and I'd been with this guy since I was 16. So at 21, legal drinking age in all countries, with no one to answer to, I felt, well, lost, to tell you the truth. What the hell was I thinking? I mean, I'd never even been on a boat before. What if I got seasick? The doubts entered my mind every day but I knew this was an incredible opportunity. So as horrible as I looked in my all-white uniform during my training and possibly came across quite vulnerable being out of my comfort zone, I did get picked to head off and embark on an absolutely incredible chapter of my life, which continued on for four years, meeting the man of my dreams and traveling the world and getting paid. My last contract was actually the biggest ship in the world at the time approximately 2,400 staff members in total. Every month there would be a massive crew meeting. One month I actually won crew member of the year and was awarded $1,000. Call this the universe having your back as it couldn't have come at a better time as my wedding was in four weeks. I'm not exactly sure what I did to deserve that, but my manager Elaine must have felt I was worthy of the prize. 
Four years of the work hard, play hard attitude, 14 hour work days that always ended with a party on the back deck. I embraced every living moment of having fun and being exactly where I needed to be. Yes, that man of my dreams was the Latin singer on board, and after four years, he proposed to me on top of the longest zip line above water in Haiti. His name is John, and with his accent and salsa moves, I fell head over heels in love. I said yes. We had an incredible destination wedding in Cartagena, Colombia, then got set to start a brand new chapter of settling down in Australia and not living out of a suitcase. John is so talented. He literally got snapped up as a lead singer in the largest Cuban salsa band in Australia in the first two weeks we arrived in the country. So that was it. We were staying. I landed myself a role as a Queensland business consultant for Dermalogica. I was always good at the sales side of things as it happened quite naturally with the way I educated and as long as I believed in what I was selling, it never really felt like that's what I was doing. Ever since the Gino rep had her monthly meeting with me to show me the new products, I knew I wanted to tick that off as a career highlight one day. I grew so close to my Dermalogica team and still to this day, I have very close friendships. I loved being set targets and achieving KPIs of the company's standard. I wanted to always strive to do my best. The other states used to joke that at their monthly state meeting, they would have a dartboard with my head on it. I was the one to beat. I used to think it was funny. I would get asked how I was selling so many segments and I didn't really have a strategy. I just truly loved what I did. Going on to win a top three business consultant one year, I was awarded a company trip to Malaysia where I would meet the founder of Dermalogica, Jane Whirlwind. I will never forget the moment where my girlfriend Josie and I took the opportunity to go and say hello while she was alone sitting with Dr. Diana Howard, the scientist that creates the product formulations. Jane got out of her seat and gave us a big hug. Call this strange, but I literally got the warm fuzzies. A streak of heat from her hand went through my body, telling me that she hopes I enjoy the Congress and I'm exactly where I need to be. It was the highlight of the trip, along with my market score of a complete leather suitcase collection that I had no idea how I was going to get home, but I had to have it. My husband and I started to try for a baby, and the biggest highlight of my five-year career with Dermalogica was winning a company trip to Las Vegas. I was five months pregnant, so I tagged on a baby moon afterwards and met my hubby in New York then a relaxing week in an all-inclusive adult resort in Mexico. Ah, it really was bliss. Little did I know how precious the adult time actually meant. (laughs) As much as I was about to go on maternity leave, I knew in my heart that this was the best time to create yet another chapter in my hashtag beauty boss journey. You see, when we built our house over five years prior, I included a two-room beauty salon in the plans. I'd been working nights and weekends and building my clientele up as a backup plan for kids. And by the time my son Emilio arrived, I could honestly call it a thriving success in my own definition of success, where I was able to work my own hours and be at home with my son, balancing the full-time parenting role with my husband. 
I'd do the morning shift and he'd do the nighttime care while I worked. And still to this day, we are continually juggling the work-life balance situation. I completely rebranded my salon in October 2016 with a fresh, sophisticated style with a logo I was proud to put my name against on a business card. I put all the cards on the table to make this work and I'm so proud at what I've achieved. Now owning a six-figure business grown all on my own, I'm about to embark on employing my first team member and no, it doesn't stop there. I'm still walking in my beauty salon shoes. However, this burning desire of helping others with the pathway to just getting started and believe that if they have an inch of the passion I have to think starting their own business might be a good idea, I want to ensure you that as long as you believe in yourself that you can achieve anything if you set your mind to it. So there you have it, my beauty boss journey in a nutshell. It's been somewhat eventful, but certainly no walk in the park. Hopefully, I've inspired you in some way, and I can't wait to share with you more success stories from industry-leading hashtag beauty bosses. Before we go, I want to offer you something pretty incredible, and that is your very own customized promotional marketing video, valued at $750. All you have to do is take a screenshot of you listening to this podcast and put it on Instagram with your biggest takeaway and tag us at beautybusiness underscore co. This prize is so, so valuable as video is predicted to dramatically take over social media feeds this year. You absolutely want to turn a killer promotion into an eye-catching video for your clients to see, and it's all done by the Beauty Business Co. team. If you'd like to have a chat about customizing one of your promotions for your beauty business, you can chat to me directly in our free Facebook community, Beauty Business Co. Society, and PM me from there. Thank you so much for listening, and stay tuned for the next episode of Confessions of a Hashtag Beauty Boss. 